Hello? Hello. Well, we're here. <laughs> yes, we are. Okay. All right. Um, I'm uh, here with uh, Angie Rogers, a uh, good friend of mine. She has a special place in my heart because she was the first woman I recruited for Embrace Grace. That was about, what, four years ago, Angie? About four, five uh, a, little, years. a little more than four years ago now. Yeah. Um, where she taught her stepdaughter and uh, another girl named Leah. Uh, so, so we'll go back uh, some years. But now we're going to talk about the adoption, foster care system that she's been involved in. So the first question I'm going to ask her is, how did you get involved in an adoption foster care uh, system? Well, I will go into that, but I also want to add up front that there's a lot of information that we're not supposed to share. Okay, that's fine. So I, I, I will give a high-level overview. Yeah. And, you know, the, the story actually goes back many, many years mm. when I was a teenager and in my 20s, fostering had been something that had been on my heart. Um, the circumstances of my life, I was a single parent for many years, so you know, fostering wouldn't have been ideal. So I just kind of, you know, it, ground, I didn't give it a lot of thought. And fast forward, I met my husband, Phil, and our kids are grown. And we actually had two early pregnancy losses. Mm -hmm. And through that process, you know, our, our kids are grown. So we're focused on our career. We're focused on what our life is going to be going forward. And then there was the positive pregnancy test and you know, your mind shift starts to change a little bit, even when it's early. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to be doing all these things. There's going to be first steps. There's going to be first day of kindergarten. There's going to be all these things in our life now that we had never thought about before. And then, you know, we lost the first one and was almost through that healing process and found out that I was pregnant again and lost that one as well. And through those losses, well, prior to those losses, it kind of opened us up to a different way of thinking. It was no longer, okay, well, we're done raising kids. It's, it, it was a different mindset and God really used that stage of our life and the pain and the hole that was left behind through those losses, he really prepared us for what we had no idea was coming next. Okay. So not too long after the second loss, we got a phone call 
you know, Florida has, as part of its foster care system, something called relative care, where Florida will, and most states, not just Florida, but most states will do everything possible to keep a family together. And they, they only remove the children when they feel that there's a great need to do so. But, and they have relative care. So if they can, if a child has to be removed, they try to place it with next of kin. And that way the family can still be kind of together. And it's not quite as traumatic as all of a sudden, every single thing that you know, everybody that's familiar, all the places that are familiar are now suddenly gone. So they, they try their best to keep children somewhere within the family if that's an option so my husband got a phone call that some of our relatives had been removed by the state two very young children uh, almost a year and a little over a year and a half at the time Okay. So he got the phone call that if we were able and willing to come pick them up that night, then we could do so. Otherwise, they would be placed into foster care. And that was in April of 2018. Okay. Uh, So what have you learned so far? being involved in the foster care adoption uh, uh, system? It can be very hard. There, There's a lot of unknowns. Uh, everybody's going through the process together as far as how long you will have the children in your care. You know, that's really not known I I don't think really at any stage of the process if the parents complete their plan then the children return home if for whatever reason that can't happen then the children will usually stay where they are and I in our case it's been that way in other cases, the children can get moved around and bounced around from place to place. Very often, I've read about cases where there's three-year-olds that have been in nine different homes. And that's really very sad. Uh, I've also, I tried to get some good statistics. Uh, it's hard to pin down the current numbers But I've seen numbers of, in Florida alone, there's somewhere between 19,000 and 24,000 children in foster care right now. Okay. And then there's actually hundreds of those children that are eligible for adoption. I've also learned that there is, there's a website called the Heart Gallery, and I think... um, it's either Heart Gallery Tampa or Heart Gallery Hillsboro. 
but there's photos and stories of children that are currently eligible for adoption on that website. Okay. So what are the strengths and weaknesses of the foster care adoption system? One of the big, biggest weaknesses is resources. I mean, when, when you're talking about 20,000 kids, that's a lot of kids and you have to have somewhere to put them all. You have to have families to volunteer. Of course, there's the financial part of that. And then there's the caseworkers and the caseworker loads. You know, when you really think about it, this would have to be an incredibly difficult job. I mean, they're, they're seeing a lot of pain, a lot of brokenness. And, you know, God bless them. I would not be able to deal with that number of children and just all of that pain constantly. So they burn out. You know, it, it's a hard job. It's a hard place to be. Some of the processes can be very long. As I mentioned, we started this in April of 2018. Mm -hmm. And through that, um, because of various things, uh, some caseworkers leaving, caseloads being shifted around, we've had seven different caseworkers in that time, but that's also bridging two different counties. The case is in one county and we live in a different county, so we're working with two different counties through that. Okay. Some of the strengths that I've seen is, you know, as I mentioned, they try not to remove children unless it's necessary. If that becomes necessary, reunification is almost always the goal. So they're trying to give the parents the resources that they need, the education that they need, if it's rehab that they need. You know, they're, they're trying to equip the parents so that the children can go home. And they also always try to keep children that are removed from the same home. They try to keep those kids together. And they, they are very supportive of the families that are in the system. And, you know, by families, I mean the biological parents that are trying to get their children back. They have a support system in place for them. And they will get them rides or try to get financial assistance if that's what they need. And then on the other side of that, if you're a foster family or trying to become an adoptive family, they have support for that as well. If you're having some kind of issue with the children, they need some kind of therapy, whether it's occupational therapy or behavioral therapy or just therapy for the trauma that they've been through. They have resources that they can refer you out to so that you as the support family can meet the needs of the children that are placed within your care. Okay, good. So 
Final questions. Uh, what can the, uh, how do you see, what can the body of Christ, can, what, what can the body of Christ do to be more supportive for the adoption foster care system? If there's families that you know, that are especially the foster families, but the adoptive families as well, you know, when you have children that are within the system, there's very stringent requirements for, you know, if me and my husband wanted to go out to dinner to leave the children in the care of a babysitter, we have to have somebody that's been approved through the state, which requires a background check and all these other things that they have to go through. So if you're able and willing to go through the background checks and be a babysitter for these families, you know, sometimes a date night can be very difficult to come by. So something as simple as offering babysitting services, uh, prepare some meals. If you can do that and just drop off some ready-made meals, if you know that they have a busy week or a lot of appointments and just, you know, in some cases you have, small children or even older children where there's a lot of medical care involved. And when you have families that are that busy and so many needs, something as simple as dropping off a meal can be such a blessing to these families. And there's also a, a new portal that I heard about on Joy FM there's something called Care Portal, and I took a quick look at it. I haven't dug deep into it yet, but there's something called Care Portal, and this is specifically to connect the child welfare system with people that are willing to try to meet a need, and I know that they're trying specifically to connect some churches into the care portal and when i looked there's a page where you can see some of the requests in the area one of the requests that really got my attention i think it was out in the lakeland area there and the requests have to come through a caseworker or other person that is authorized to do that so these requests are all valid legitimate requests but there was a request for some financial support. There was a single mom who had gotten behind on the electric bill. The father was out of the picture and she needed close to a thousand dollars to get the water and the electric and the other critical utilities turned back on and getting that turned back on would allow her to keep her kids you know, it's cold sometimes and there's no electricity, there's no running water. This is not an environment where you can safely raise your children. But she was working on employment, but had that critical, urgent need to get these utilities turned back on. So they put the need out there and then people can respond to that and say, hey, I can provide this or I can provide that. 
but there, there's all kinds of requests in that care portal. That was just the one that really struck me because you could actually, with that financial help, you could actually shut down the need to remove these children and place them somewhere else. Oh, I see. Yeah, so, so churches could provide, like you said, uh, maybe that meal, maybe babysitting, and if possible, if need to, financial need as well. Right. And, you know, prayer, the, the, one of the biggest things that you can do is pray. You know, pray for the children, pray for the families, pray for the caseworkers. Yeah, like you said before, you know, it's a very stressful job, particularly caseworkers. So, yeah, they definitely need prayer. All right, uh, Angie, we thank you for sharing your insights on the foster care adoption system. And we definitely pray, and my prayer is to get more individuals and churches in the body of Christ involved with this issue. Yeah. Thank you, Reggie. All right. You take care. You have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.